Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll the Bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. What is an NFT? And why do I need cryptocurrency? What is an NFT? And why do I need cryptocurrency? What is an NFT? And why do I need cryptocurrency? What is an... This is Bachelor Clues. And this is not going to be a full episode. This is going to be a short little episode, maybe 20, maybe 30 minutes long. I just wanted to take a second to address something that is easily the most frequent DM that I currently get. It is a question, what are NFTs? As we all know by now, 
There's an artist named Beeple who does 3D digital pieces of art. He sold a piece of his art that contained images from everything he's done every day for the past, I believe, seven years. He sold that single image, that JPEG that contained all of his works in one big image. He sold that at auction at Christie's for $69 million in quotes dollars. The reason I say in quotes is because he didn't actually sell it for dollars. He sold it for Ethereum, a cryptocurrency. And the amount of cryptocurrency he got is currently worth $69 million American dollars. And as you guys know, if you're following me on Instagram, I've been dabbling in this a little bit, selling some of my memes as NFTs. And uh, it's been an interesting experience. I'm just kind of trying to use it to teach myself how all of this works. Because I didn't know what any of this was either up until maybe a month ago when I started reading about it, researching it, and then actually dipping my toe into the NFT marketplace and figuring out how it all works. So I'm now going to tell you what I know. I wouldn't say I'm an expert on this, but I also definitely know more than probably the average person does. Like, as I've said, I've sold some NFTs and I hold some cryptocurrency and I, at the very least, know kind of how the cryptocurrency world works, et cetera, et cetera. So to get into NFTs, first, you have to understand cryptocurrency, at least at a base level. So I'm sure at this point we are all aware of Bitcoin. Maybe you're even starting to hear about Ethereum, which is the cryptocurrency that is used to buy and sell NFTs primarily. And there are a whole slew of other crypto tokens, uh, which are different currencies, basically. And each one of them operates off of a blockchain technology. Bitcoin has its own blockchain. Ethereum has its own blockchain. And a blockchain is just basically a kind of endless digital ledger of interactions that both create the individual coins and then also keep track of where those coins are sent from which account to which account so that there is always this giant ledger of everything that is happening on that blockchain. Cryptocurrency was created in 2009, I believe, and the first one was Bitcoin, obviously. That's the one that has been around the longest and I read an article yesterday that said if you would have invested $100 in Bitcoin in 2009, that investment would now be worth $39 million because its value has fluctuated wildly over the past 10 years or so. And we're at the point where we are now, where you have people like Elon Musk, who is obviously a billionaire, investing $1.6 billion of Tesla, his company, investing $1.6 billion of Tesla money into Bitcoin. And when things like that start to happen, when the people who have the most money in the world start transferring it into digital currency, and also Tesla is now accepting Bitcoin payments for the cars that you can buy. So you can go to Tesla on their website and pay for a new car in Bitcoin. There are no dollars exchanged, so none of it can be taxed. And that's a whole other component of cryptocurrency. But basically, the point I want to make here is People who have the most money in the world are starting to transfer it into cryptocurrency. That's a very important thing because it means a shift is now starting to happen. In the beginning, cryptocurrency was seen as kind of a novelty. And then it became uh, almost like a commodity. You would invest in it, hope that its value went up, meaning one Bitcoin is worth X amount of dollars, but that X amount of dollars is what was important about it. Right now, Bitcoin is, I believe, at about $57,000 per coin. 
But what you're starting to see as these billionaires are investing more and more of their money into Bitcoin and now accepting Bitcoin as payment for their products, you're starting to see this idea take shape, which is why Bitcoin was invented in the first place. The kind of philosophy behind it is a decentralized economy, money that we can all use on the internet to buy anything we want that is not controlled by any government. So American dollars, for example, our United States government controls the value of the dollar 100% all the time. They print all the money. When I say print, I mean, yes, they make physical bills, but they also generate the kind of digital representation of it in banks, in the Federal Reserve, all of that. And of course, they tax it. Any monetary exchange that happens in our country is taxed. You owe money to the federal government, to your state government, if you live in a state that has state income tax. And all of that is traceable and trackable. The government is currently very scared of what cryptocurrency represents. And they have, I believe it was just last week or the week before, they passed a bill that will allow them to tax the sale of cryptocurrency back into dollars. So if you were to buy, let's say, one Bitcoin for $58,000, and then it goes up to $68,000 the next week and you sell it, you've made $10,000, you will be taxed on that $10,000. However, if you buy the Bitcoin and you just hold on to the Bitcoin, or you use the Bitcoin to buy a Tesla, you will never be taxed on the Bitcoin. And so that is kind of where we're at now. And governments are trying to catch up a little bit to the technology of all cryptocurrencies. They don't quite understand how it's going to affect global economies in the very near future. But once you have somebody like Jeff Bezos saying Amazon is now going to accept cryptocurrency as payment for any of our products, it's over. The dollar, any other global currency that matters is is going to evaporate and I personally believe that that is likely to happen in the next five years or so. Once you start to see the people who own the biggest companies in the world accepting cryptocurrency as payment for their products and services, and maybe even more importantly, once you start to see employers paying employees in cryptocurrency to avoid taxes, cryptocurrency will take on a value unto itself. So it won't be uh, Bitcoin is worth $58,000. You won't even have that attached part of it, that idea that it has to be translated back to dollars. It will just be how much Bitcoin do you have? And that number will be meaningful by itself. And also as more large companies start to accept cryptocurrency as payment, you're going to see the stabilization of these cryptocurrencies. They won't fluctuate as wildly as they are right now because it'll be less of an investment and it'll be more of a functional currency globally, certainly digitally. And that's truly where we're headed as a society. You've heard me say this many times on our podcast that the primary world is now the digital world. It's where we spend most of our time. It's where we do all of our commerce. Cryptocurrency is money that exists in that world. Dollars, euros, whatever global currency you can imagine, those exist in the secondary world, the physical world. And yes, they have kind of translated into a digital existence, but they are still taxed in the exact same way that they always were before the internet. Cryptocurrencies don't have that. And so as we move into this new digital frontier, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology is simply how we are going to be doing business at some point. We're still in the very early days of this. And I know that there's kind of a barrier of entry to understand cryptocurrency, to put money into it, to open a crypto wallet. I know that that all exists. It existed for me too at a certain point. 
And then I just was like, you know what? Fuck it. I have to learn this because this is where we're headed. And right now we're in a very interesting time where, you know, the global financial markets for literally their entire existence, since money was invented tens of thousands of years ago, most likely, the people who created the money have always been in control of it. And this is echoed through time until where we are now. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. We know all these phrases because they're true. And it has locked out the average person from being able to get into that industry for whatever kind of discriminatory reasons might exist. But right now, with cryptocurrency, we're in a very interesting time where everyone is completely equal. Anyone can get into this game right now and see where it goes. But the people who get in first are going to have the most control over it. And right now, those are the billionaires like Elon Musk. He is a crypto whale. Uh, a crypto whale is somebody who owns a, a large portion of cryptocurrency and just sits on it and watches the value go up. So right now, everyone has, as I said, an equal opportunity to buy in, to get some crypto and just sit on it. See what happens. You don't have to sell it. You don't even have to look at it as like a speculative thing that hopefully the value goes up and I can sell it and make, in quotes, dollars off of it. Just get some Ethereum, get some Bitcoin. You don't have to put a lot of money into it. A couple hundred dollars and leave it there. Sit on it. That's my opinion anyway. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm not putting a huge amount of money into it, but I am putting some into it because I do think that we are moving toward this existence that is going to be primarily digital. And I do think that cryptocurrency is going to be what you use to operate in that world. So that's kind of what cryptocurrency is, why it's important, and, you know, hopefully I've imparted enough to make you believe that indeed you can get in on it right now before that entire industry is locked down. Okay, so that's crypto. How does that relate to NFTs and what are NFTs? NFTs are non-fungible tokens. So like Bitcoins are fungible tokens. If I have a Bitcoin and I trade it and I get another one, those won't be the same bitcoins, but they will serve the same function, like a, or dollars are also fungible tokens. It's a token that represents one unit, and that unit is what matters. The, the individual tokens are interchangeable. Non-fungible tokens are exactly the opposite. These are tokens that cannot be exchanged, that are unique. So if I buy an NFT piece of art, that singular thing that I've purchased is completely unique unto itself. And I can sell it for other cryptocurrency or money or whatever. I could trade it for another NFT, but those two NFTs are not the same. They will be completely different pieces of art. They are unique. And almost more importantly, they're very easily authenticated because to create an NFT, you have to task one of the crypto blockchains. Right now, that's the Ethereum blockchain, which is, again, another cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. It's the second highest valued cryptocurrency under Bitcoin. I believe as of this recording, Ethereum is around $1,400 a coin. So to make an NFT, you basically get your image, you get a JPEG, or you can get a GIF, you can get a short little video, and you can go to one of several different websites that will allow you to upload that image and put a title on it. It will uh, tag it with your creator name so that it's authenticated. And it will then send a request to the Ethereum blockchain. That request will be resolved 
it will create your NFT for a cost, which is known as a gas price. And that price basically has to do with how many people are tasking the Ethereum blockchain at any given moment. And once it is minted, you can then sell it on any number of auction sites. They're, the ones that I use are Rarible and OpenSea. These are ones that anyone can go on and upload an NFT right now and sell it to whoever might be interested. There are also ones like Nifty Gateway, which is where that artist Beeple has sold some of his stuff as well. Those are higher end kind of like, they're almost like Christie's auction house type places. You have to have an invitation. You have to be one of the bigger known digital artists to be able to put your stuff up on one of their sites. And so the NFT then is just this image. It's the file that is associated with not only the image, but the time of its creation and the creator who created it. And once it's made, it is then also registered into the blockchain. So just like any transaction of Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever the coin may be on whatever blockchain it's on, just like there is this perfect ledger of every transaction that has ever happened, there is a perfect ledger of every NFT transaction that's ever happened as well. So you can click on an NFT and see its history all the way back to the creator and see who has owned it through time. And so that makes it very interesting as well. And there have been a wide array of different kind of applications and people are still developing them for NFTs. It started really as people selling JPEGs and GIFs. And the most famous one is that Beeple piece that sold for 69 in quotes million dollars. But we are starting to see things like NBA Top Shot, which is a fascinating example of how you can use NFTs. These are clips, short video clips of highlights from NBA games that the NBA has put in these little 3D digital spinning cube images. They then take each of those little videos and put them on almost like digital trading cards and they sell them in packs. So you can buy a pack of five common ones for I think like $10. You can buy a pack of, I believe the, the commonality tiers are common, rare, uncommon, legendary, and mythic, which if you play video games at all, it's a very similar system to loot in, in most video games. But all of these things have different rarities and the rarities are imposed because the NBA is deciding how many of each of these get printed. So the super rare ones, like there was a LeBron James one that a guy got out of a pack and he sold it that day for 500 and some thousand dollars. And the NBA Top Shots NFTs exist in their own NFT network. You have to go to their website. All, the, all of the NFTs stay there within the NBA Top Shots kind of like world. So it's almost a, an NFT world unto itself. And we're starting to see more things like this uh, develop through time. We've also started to see bands sell their songs as NFTs. We've also started to see artists selling NFTs of like a sculpture, for example. And then if you buy the NFT, if you have it in your crypto wallet, uh, you can show that at their gallery and have free access to come see the real sculpture anytime you want. There are these kind of real world applications to it that some artists are attaching, which are interesting, obviously. And I think we're going to see more and more stuff like this happen, especially as the world starts opening up and we start getting live concerts again. I can see a version of it where if you go to a concert of your favorite artist, let's say it's Taylor Swift, when you go out into the lobby of whatever arena she's playing in, there's going to be a merch table. You can buy her t-shirts, you can buy her posters, whatever they have, whatever physical objects they have. But right next to that is going to be a little kiosk that has five or six NFTs with their QR codes 
that you can only get at that concert. So they will be unique to the event. You will have, have to have been at that event to purchase them. And then they're like these collector's items that could have only been acquired at that event. I believe you'll start to see things like this happen for sporting event, really any live event. They're going to be selling NFTs that commemorate your presence at that place, and those will be collectible. The high degree of collectability of NFTs is what is also driving these uh, giant prices. And if you need any information on how to open a crypto wallet, just go to YouTube, type it in. There are, I don't even know how many videos that are like three minutes or under that will have you opening a crypto wallet, putting a little bit of money in, and then you can just kind of mess around with it. But that's basically what an NFT is. It is this, it's a unique piece of art that it only exists digitally. It is just a file. And I know there are arguments made that are like, well, if it's just a file, like, can't I just copy the image and like put that on my computer screen? Why do I need to buy this thing? Absolutely. In the same way, you can get a digital image of the Mona Lisa and put that on your computer screen, but you don't own the Mona Lisa. You know, if you are collecting art as a commodity, as an investment, Obviously, the picture on your screen is going to be worthless, but the real Mona Lisa is going to have a lot of value, just like NFTs. And primarily, NFTs really help digital creators, people who make art that there is no physical art left behind. There's not a painting. There's not a sculpture. All the memes that I make, I've made those on Photoshop and in my phone. Like There is no physical print of them. They don't exist anywhere other than digitally. And Beeple is the same way with his art, his 3D renders. They're all digital pieces of art. And so there's going to be a huge explosion of artists who really had no way to get paid for the stuff that they create until now. People who work on you know, special effects on movies, 3D renders for video games, all that kind of stuff. Yes, you can get a job at one of these companies making that media, but selling your own digital art was virtually impossible until now, until NFTs. And there are definitely articles emerging that talk about the environmental costs of creating NFTs because it does require energy to make them. The blockchain obviously runs on electricity, as does our whole world at this point. And while these concerns are certainly valid, the fact remains this is happening. And I think a lot of people will read an article that says the environmental cost is so bad and allow that to be a reason to just check out of it completely and say, I'm not going to do this. It's bad for the environment. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I am saying NFTs are happening. Blockchain is happening. It doesn't matter what these articles say. And right now you have the possibility to kind of get in, in the early phases of it. And it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a land rush, really. Like the, the environment of NFTs, blockchain, crypto, it's in its very early phases. And we've already seen the people who got in in like the first, first phases. Like I said, if you invested $100 in Bitcoin in 2009, it's worth $39 million now. That was the first iteration of this. That is going to happen again as cryptocurrency starts to get used for more and more things. Once Amazon accepts Ethereum or Bitcoin, it's like the value of it will... I don't know what it'll do, but it's going to go a lot higher. I can guarantee you that. So you're in a phase right now where, yes, there are things that are bad about it in terms of its environmental cost, but the world's not slowing down. We're not going to get off our phones. We're not going to stop using computers. We are going to constantly need more and more electricity for everything we do. That's just the nature of what technology is now. 
And so while it's a shitty component of this, and certainly different companies are trying to mitigate that as we speak, I think it will get better in the very near future. But I personally don't think it's a reason not to do it. Because again, it's just happening. Like there's no stopping this. That's kind of the the key component of it in my mind and the thing that really made me say like, all right, it's time to like stop fucking around. I need to put some money in crypto. When I saw Elon Musk put $1.6 billion of Tesla's money into Bitcoin, I was like, okay, that's it. Like one of the richest people in the world is now investing a huge amount of money on the idea that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is going to have a very big influence right around the corner on how the global economy works. So because that's happening, I'm like, you can either sit back and not do it and eventually be forced to, or you can do it now and possibly gain some of the benefit of being in early. There's, for example, there's a website right now called Decentraland, and it is a 3D world if any of you play massively multiplayer online games like World of Warcraft, it's very similar to that. And it's a big server that has plots of land, digital land. You can go into this world. They have their own cryptocurrency. It's called Mana. And you can buy that in any crypto wallet, Binance, Bitcoin, whatever, MetaMask, whichever one you want to use. You can buy that there. And that is currency that you can use in that world to buy plots of land, to buy houses, to buy clothes. And right now, that's just kind of the first one of these virtual worlds that is being built around blockchain. No one knows if that one's really going to take off or not. It may. But if you can get in there now and it does take off and you've bought some prime piece of digital real estate, that thing is going to be worth an astronomical amount of money. And when I say money, I'm not talking about dollars. I'm talking about just the idea of money, currency something that you're going to use to buy whatever you want in whatever world is important to you. Right now, this digital frontier is happening. We are starting to really build the kind of like second wave of it. If you look at social media as the first wave of our digital existence, starting probably back with, Jesus, probably like America Online or something or Prodigy even, but ultimately we build up to like a MySpace, a Friendster, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. All of these kind of rudimentary social media platforms are like Mayan ruins to a Dubai that is going to exist within the next five or 10 years. There will be digital environments where we are spending, believe it or not, even more time than we are now. And they aren't just going to be like little screens on our phone. We're going to actually be existing in these worlds. And so the NFTs that you buy now could be pieces of art that are hanging on your the wall in your digital home five years from now or you know you could put it on your t-shirt in that world or whatever there'll be a million applications for it and i think the nfts that are being sold right now are going to be incredibly valuable in that world because they will be some of the first ones that are bought and sold and i think that's going to uh give them a lot of cachet it's almost like to use pace cases analogy of pokemon go it's like you know, if you have a Pokemon back from the, the first day that the game went live, that's kind of a cool thing to have. And I think that many of the NFTs that are being bought and sold right now will have that same kind of cachet. But I would encourage anybody out there who is even mildly curious about this to just go on YouTube, 
type in what is an NFT? How do I buy NFTs? How do I get a crypto wallet? There are a million YouTube videos about this that are all very good, that are all very short, and it can get you up and running almost instantaneously. And you should at least be aware of it. Again, because this is happening. It's not something that you should be ignoring anymore. I know that when drastic shifts like this happen in society, and believe me, this is a drastic fucking shift. I mean, in its end phase, and really ideologically why Bitcoin was created, was to replace government-run finance. And if that happens, imagine what kind of societal shift will occur if the United States government can no longer tax us, but instead we now operate only in cryptocurrency. And maybe a system gets put in place where instead of the government just taking our money and giving it all to the military, we now get to allocate where our crypto goes. Do you want your, in quotes, taxes to go to education? Do you want it to go to infrastructure? You will get to make that decision on a coin-by-coin basis instead of the government just taking everything and giving it to their friends. And that ultimately is why cryptocurrency is such an interesting technology. It's why all global governments are scared shitless of it because it gives the power to people who are not government officials. And so I, again, would just encourage you to look into this and take it seriously because, again, this is just something that's happening. And with the advent of quantum computing right around the corner, we are going to see massive change in a wide array of different aspects of our society, but certainly how money works. And we're starting to see it happen now. So I hope this has been helpful. And again, please check out videos on YouTube. I mean, they can explain this stuff way better than I have, but I hope that I've at least given you some idea about how cryptocurrency works, what an NFT is and how it's tied to cryptocurrency, what the blockchain is, and how this is really just going to be the new way we spend money and the new way we buy things. And the fact that art can now just be purely digital. This has never really happened before. I mean, it has with some stuff like movies and music. Obviously, we all now accept that there are no physical movies. Like, we don't have VHS cassettes. We don't even have DVDs anymore. We don't have CDs. We've all made that transition perfectly fine. Art, generally speaking, visual art is kind of the next frontier of that. And then eventually there will be other things that exist in the digital world and kind of replace the things in the physical world as well. This is just the slow transition ultimately to us uploading into computers, which I know everybody says is scary and all this kind of stuff. But I would remind you all that at this point we are all carrying around a supercomputer in our pockets and looking at them as many hours a day as we can. And it's just one small step until clutching that phone in your hand or having it in your pocket on your person at all times is a chip inside your body somewhere. That Again, that's going to happen. And once we start to merge with technology, you're going to want to have some stake in the digital world where we're all living. And if you get into that world now, you can buy a beautiful Dark Lord Harrison meme to hang over your fireplace (laughs) if you want Um, but thank you very much for listening again i hope this has been helpful in some way i'm just imparting the knowledge that i have gained over the past month or so as i've kind of been doing deep dives on youtube myself and trying to figure out how to sell these things and make these things i will keep learning as well and if this is interesting to you at all you know if you have any other questions please feel free to hit me up with a dm and I'll, i'll do my best to answer whatever i can thanks very much for listening Thank you.
What is an NFT? And why do I need cryptocurrency? What is an NFT? And why do I need cryptocurrency? What is an NFT? And why do I need cryptocurrency? What is an Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now head to toe dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website, and these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Mm-hmm. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.